Hey, I'm Joey, and this is the Global City Mission Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Marsden, Director of Operations for GCMI. On today's podcast, we are going to be discussing the city of Orlando, uh, some of Chris's experiences there, um, as well as just being able to see um, our city again as a mission field. All right. So, uh, hey, welcome, buddy. Glad you're you're with us, and uh, welcome everybody who's listening today as well. What's up, Chris? How's it going, man? Yeah, man, uh, going good. It's uh, it's been a good day in the city, beautiful Orlando. <laughs> yeah, Orlando. Yeah. yeah, So both of us um, are coming from similar backgrounds. Um, we were both in the ministry in the church world. Now we're serving mm-hmm. in in mission uh, in the mission world now. Um, and both of us also find ourselves in a city that we've been in for a long time. So. Um, you know, last time we talked a little bit about my experience with this. And so today we kind of, I'm going to talk a little bit about your experience with it. So, yeah. So kind of for a second, let's, let's give us this, uh, the snapshot of your experience just in Orlando, you being there, what was it, how, you know, how long you've been there, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we, um, Wow. We moved to Orlando. Well, Orlando area. We moved to Kissimmee to, to go to college in 1996. Um, my wife and I both, you know, separately, not married, you know, as high school kids uh, going off to college, um, ended up at Florida Christian College, which is now Johnson University, Florida, down in Kissimmee. And, um, you know, of course, spent, you know, more than four years, but, you know, <laughs> spent a few years uh, getting through school and getting out of Orlando. And, uh, you were on the extended plan. That's we what we were. Yeah, yeah. We were on the extended plan, you know, and I think they should give you a discount for that, but they don't, they charge you extra, but, um, but yeah, we were on the extended plan, um, five or six years. I don't, I don't remember, but, you know, um, got out of Orlando, um, got out into full-time ministry and, uh, and pretty much promised myself that we were never going to move back to, you know, this crazy place. And, uh, and then, you know, a couple kids later and we were looking for, you know, where's the next ministry, where's the next place God was going to land us. And, um, out of, you know, all places, I mean, we, we looked lots of places, but, but this, this little church in winter garden, Florida on the West side of Orlando, um, they, they, called and then they called back and they really wanted to see us here and, and kind of where we were at, um, you know, in, in a couple different ways, both, you know, just as a family, but also just kind of what I was reading in scripture and kind of how that scenario played itself out. We, we really felt like we don't have a choice. Like this is where God is putting us. And so, yeah, so we packed up and we, we moved to, you know, um, you know, again, the west side of town, but, you know, into the greater metro Orlando area. So Orlando is an interesting city to me. And I think for a lot of people who don't live there, um, because, I, you know, I grew up in Atlanta and Florida is where we go on vacation. And so Orlando, for an outsider who, who you know, maybe they're sitting there listening right now and they're going, Orlando, your first thought is Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah, right. absolutely. Right. Yeah. Your first thought is Mickey Mouse and you know, like it's and your second thought is Harry Potter. Like if you're not right. thinking Harry Mickey Potter. Mouse, you're thinking Harry Potter. So <laughs> right. It's it's tourist. It's yeah. a tourist place. And so what what's it like not being a tourist in Orlando? Like that that's I think that's strange for someone like me who's never lived there. Even though I lived in Florida, I didn't live there. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I mean, you know, if, if we're being completely honest, right, like part of being not a tourist in Orlando is knowing which parts of town and which times of year to avoid the crazy. Um, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we'll, we'll have sections of, of the year that, that we don't, unless there's like a, a work commitment or, or something that like, I have to go to that part of town. Um, we stay in our little corner and kind of avoid some of that crazy. And so like our little mm. corner, our little segment and, you know, like from a GCMI perspective, looking at, you know, you know, international peoples that have settled in different places, there's, there's a handful of these pockets around town, but they're just like any other suburb. They're just like any other city where, you know, you see, you know, that diversity, you see, you know, um, just a, a spread of people doing ordinary life. You know, um, when mm -hmm. our kids were younger, they were on a soccer team and, you know, we played, we played soccer and coached soccer and, you know, did that kind of thing. And, you know, now that they're a little bit older, we do a lot of, you know, a lot of theater stuff and, and, you know, some of the people that are in our theater group, like their parents work for Disney or they work for universal mm -hmm. and, and some people are in the same boat as us. And like, they stay away from those parts of town because, because those touristy parts of town are very touristy. Like they're, mm -hmm. people are in and out, you know, a week, you know, 10 days, they're, they're in and out. They, they don't know how to drive or at least they don't know how to drive <laughs> here. Like I'm sure they're great drivers when they're home, but man, when they come here, they lose all sense of reality. Years. And like, there's so many fender benders and you know, those sections. Um, so yeah, well, so it's, it is, it is a little different, but it's, it's, um, it, I, I, I don't know. I think sometimes it's the best of both worlds. Like you get to like kind of dip your toe in it when you want to. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, again, there's certain times a year where like, we really are, um, we really are have like a population doubling and tripling at the, mm -hmm. at the busy times a year. Um, yeah. we're, we're the, and I, I, I always hate to say this cause I'm, you know, the statistics kind of go up and down year to year, but like, we're, we're one of the most visited cities in the world. Um, and we are the, the busiest end destination airport in the U S you know, more people fly here to Orlando and get off the plane and stay here. Like I know your airport there in Atlanta yeah. is busier than ours, but most of the people going to Atlanta are going somewhere else. They're just right flying through. Yeah. yeah. They, those people are flying here and they're getting off the plane and they're staying here for a week to 10 days. It's there's, there's a lot, a lot happening in this town. Well, and someone like me or, or someone else listening who comes in, we're only coming in, like you said, for 10 days. So honestly, people become invisible because we're here, we're here to experience, you know, Disney or whatever. Right. And yeah. you actually live there. So you're yeah. actually, you'd be, you know, so for me, internationals, quite frankly, may blend into the back because they're the people taking our luggage or they're the people, you know, they're the maids or yeah. the one behind the desk. But I don't give them much thought because I'm only in there for a few days. You're in this unique position where like, no, this is where I live. I see these people all yeah. the time. No, that's a great point because, you know, it it does feel weird to think about Orlando as not a tourist place, but it's weird for me to think about Orlando as a tourist. Cause even, even before we lived here, before coming to school here, we still lived in Florida 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, Orlando was, was Disney, right? Like you'd hop in the car, you'd run over, you'd go to Disney for the day, but it was a day trip. It was, it was a couple yeah. hours away. It wasn't like this, this, uh, you know, like the way the ads make it sound where, you know, it's the magical place on earth and you're, you're going on this adventure to spend a, a week at Disney and you're in another world and like, yeah, no, it was a day trip. Like we literally woke up and yeah. fell asleep in the same bed that yeah. we always did. We just did Disney in between. Right. Um, so to, to actually think about it from the perspective of a tourist, like where you're flying in and you're flying in and you're, you are, you're, you're like, you're on a mission. You, you just need to get off the plane, you know, get your rental car or get on whatever, you know, bus transportation you're jumping on, get to your hotel, get checked in and have a good time. And, um, you know, it, it is a, it's an experience that you've kind of pre-programmed your brain that you know what you're going to experience. Mm-hmm. And so when you look around, you don't see everything else. You've got your checklist. Like we got to make sure we ride these rides. We got to make right. sure. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, D- Disney in particular, like that was probably part of my kind of opening my eyes to that next level as I joined the GCMI team, because uh, like right as we were, you know, getting ready, you know, we had just met Jared, we had just met GCMI, we were starting to, to look at like, is this really a great fit for us? Is this really what's next? And um, I don't know, I don't know when you were last at Disney, but but if you've ever noticed at, at Disney World, like every uh, cast member has on their name tag, their home city, their home country, Right, uh, listed out yeah. like where they're from right yeah. and um and all of a sudden we were at disney one day and just you know doing our thing and and just bumped into this random worker in line um in line for some ride they were like one of the crowd control people to make sure that you know nobody lost their mind waiting that long in a line for a mediocre ride but um you know <laughs> and uh you know and there on their name tag was you know um you know, the country they were from. And then a little while later, we bumped into another worker and, you know, the country they're from. And, and for the first time, like I knew lots of people at Disney weren't from America. They weren't from Florida. They were from all over the country, all over the world. But for the first time, it really clicked Mm -hmm. that, you know, this location, you know, Disney world, Florida is the largest single site employer in the world. I I think the current number is something like 70,000 employees just Disney World Florida, not the Disney World Corporation, just right. Walt Disney World Florida is uh, like 70,000 people. That's insane. That, that it, is a t- it is, that's a city in itself. It is. It is. And, and that's just like a to, to, percentage to of our people. Yeah. 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 So, well, so yeah, but like those, those people are from everywhere. Like, they're, the cast members at Disney World are from everywhere, and whether yeah. whether they're U.S. citizens now and like that's just the home country they claim, or like there's a lot of kids who are in the college program there with Disney that they're there mm-hmm. kind of like as exchange students doing an internship through Disney, um, and so they're going to go back home. Like, but but they've come from everywhere, and that's just Disney, just this one little segment of our city. And we haven't even talked about Universal or I, right, right. Or I drive or just, like I, I drive, I've, yeah. I've worked at a couple hotels. Like I do some freelance work from, you know, some skill set in my past life. I do some freelance work that gets me into some hotels from time to time. And 
I remember we were setting up a stage in this hotel ballroom and the, the actual stage hands, like every one of them was French speaking West African. Like they had to, like we had to work through their supervisor to get them the instructions because none of them spoke English and all of them were from West Africa. I, I don't know mm. what country because they didn't speak English. I just know right. they weren't from here. Right. And here they are, you know, working in the hotel. And like you, like you said, like invisible, like if you're not, yeah. if you're not in my position as that freelancer, like if you're there for the event, you never saw those people. They, they were the behind the scenes. As far as you know, the stage magically appeared and magically disappeared after you left. And, you know, that, yeah. that crew happened to be West African and, and, uh, and they live here and this is their home and, you know, and whether that's temporary or whether, you know, they've, they've immigrated and now they're a part of, you know, you know, part of our local culture and economy, like, I don't know, but, mm. but this is where they are. And, and that, that Disney thing, that universal thing, like all of this tourism stuff is, is the driving force that creates a lot of that, you know, immigration and migration that's, that's happening here in Orlando. Yeah. And something I was thinking about while you're talking is, I think for a lot of people, not just in Orlando, but all over, we all have those sort of blinders where we just sort of are so in tune with what we're there for, our, our life, our stuff, that people do become invisible in general, not just yeah. all the time. And that's that's part of the, as if we're going to start living out the Great Commission, that's part of that those that thing we have to sort of break ourselves out of, that rhythm of of these blinders that keep us sort of focused in on our own life. And so we were talking before we started, like both of us are like, now wherever we go, whatever city we go in, we just immediately start noticing internationals. We immediately start yeah. noticing people because it's kind of like we're that, that once you start thinking or seeing that way, suddenly that's, that's just what you see now. And, and that, that, that was a hard shift. That's, that's a hard shift for some, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's, um, it's definitely a hard shift to happen by accident. Yeah. Like I think, I think for you and I both, um, it, it didn't happen by accident. Like, you know, I, I was in Orlando for a long time, you know, in a, you know, middle-class suburb, you know, doing middle-class suburb kind of things. And, and you, you look around and you know that the world is diverse. Um, but I don't think you realize just how diverse it is and just how rich it is um, mm. just around the corner and just below the surface. Like, you know, we, we begin to think that our experience is the experience. Mm. And... Yeah. And I mean, obviously that's not true. Like you, you flip on the news, you, you, you know, do a little digging on the internet and start looking at a few stats and you go, man, our, our country is massively diverse. Our, our state is massively diverse, but you don't quite believe that it's your city, that it's your community, um, your neighborhood until something kind of wakes you up and opens your eyes and you go, Oh gosh, like there really are, you know, um, like a Mexican restaurant in every corner in my part of town. And I mean, I like Mexican food. I go to a lot of Mexican restaurants. 
Um, yeah. Some of them I would say are authentic and some of them are, you know, Taco Bell and, you know, places <laughs> that are like right. so far from authentic, but, but, you know, we, we do a lot of Mexican food. Um, but I don't think I realized how many of them in our area were like, you know, not just authentic, like from a recipe standpoint, but like I was one of the few, you know, white English speaking people walking in the doors. Um, yeah. And until I paid attention to that and, and realized like, wow, like I, there really are, you know, not a few Spanish speakers in our community, but there's a, a segment of Spanish speakers in our community, like a percentage, like they're a significant force in our area. And, and it was, it was, it was background noise. It was like, oh yeah. You know, like that one customer that I bump into at the music store, like he doesn't speak English at all. And he brings his friend to translate for him. Um, and that was the experience versus realizing that like there, there's actually a segment of our population that is Spanish speaking and, you know, and, and my smaller segment that is Spanish only speaking. And mm -hmm. that whole thing is happening under the radar and invisible unless you open your eyes and see it. And, yeah. um, yeah, definitely traveling, like, you know, going outside the city, man, I've, I've run into people in places that they would describe as not diverse and yet they're not from our country. <laughs> so it, it's just, it's everywhere I go. I'm, you know, once the, once the blinders are off, once you're looking around and going, you know, what is, what is God doing in this place? Um, yeah. in this diverse world that we live in, in this, you know, um, this modern urban world that we live in, um, it, it's happening everywhere. And we yeah. really do just kind of have to open our eyes a little bit and look around and go, where is it happening? And to what extent? And how can I be, you know, a positive part of that? Yeah. So back us up just a little bit, like, what was going on with you? Like, as much as you you feel comfortable what's going on inside of you when you're when you're when you're still in that church world and gcmi is on the on the horizon or or you know i mean that sort of what's going on to for you to get you kind of in that place where you're like um i need i i don't know like you met jared or what what was going on in there as you're sort of serving the church for me it was a, a just a sense of like un, un uh, for lack of a better phrase, unrest. It was just I, something was stirring, you know? Yeah. I wanted to do more. How about, what was that like for you? Yeah, I think that unrest, that unease, that, um, that what is the, I'm, I'm trying to remember the phrase. I I think it was holy disconnect, discontent. discontent. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I've, I've yeah. heard different pastors use that. And that, that really, I mean, like, my journey to GCMI started with that complete and total discontent with where I was at. Um, yeah. I, and, and not discontent with my church, not gets discontent with my church leaders. Sure. It was yeah. discontent with what, where I was at and what I was doing. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I had straight up like conflict with the, with the senior minister at our church but for no real apparent reason, like, like we just butted heads over stupid, stupid things. And 
I, I, you know, I, I finally, like, I, I got to the point and I was like, listen, dude, like, I have to do something else. <laughs> just, right. just, just to be clear, I'm not quitting tomorrow. I'm not leaving you hanging. Like, I don't have any timeline. I don't even know what that something else is. I just know that what I'm doing isn't what I need to be doing. And we were, we were in the middle of like a weird season as a church. We, 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 we had a prayer room, you know, we'd like got rid of one of our offices and turned it into a prayer room at the church um, office building. And, um, you know, a couple days a month. And then, you know, we'd, we'd have like a week at a time where we would do like an extended, you know, um, where we would do like a, a full 24 hours of prayer. Um, and so I was, you know, I was a part of that rotation and was signing up for that, which was was really like, you know, my wiring, I'm a very kind of like logical, concrete kind of guy. Uh -huh. Like, you know, like, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, like prayer is an important part of my life, but that whole idea of like signing up for an hour or two of unstructured prayer, like what, what do you do with an hour or two to pray? And like, this right. is I way outside my comfort zone. I don't know. I don't have a list. I don't have a like. I don't want to give me a schedule, please. How do yeah, I yeah. Um, or you know, even like, what should I pray for? I just like, but like, that's that's kind of where we were at as a church, and so you know, I yeah. just kind of dived in and like, okay, God, I'm going to trust that that you'll fill that time, and then you'll give me direction, and um, and yeah, honestly, like things got worse, and so, <laughs> um. But, you know, not worse than like a bad way, like things were going good. They just weren't going good in the ways that I expected them to. And so I finally, yeah. I, I, I told them like, you know, I, I just, I have to, I have to figure out what's next. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know what that even looks like. Um, I just know that I, I can't still keep doing this. And um, at that moment, when I, when I, quit. Like, I mean, I didn't like write a resignation letter, but like, you know, he and I were meeting and, and I quit. Um, like the next week, everything kind of worked perfectly. Like everything mm. that, everything that we were fighting about that we were arguing about, like, gosh, if I was only better at this, like my team would be, would be in a better place. And if only I was better at this, then, you know, like our Sunday services would run a little better. And it, it all like, you know, worked itself out to the point that we followed up that conversation and he was like, you know, I mean, like, gosh, like if this keeps up, like, I, I don't think you got to go anywhere. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, no, it's not like I changed anything. I'm not doing anything better. I literally like the only thing difference between last week and this week is that, that I I've already given up. I've already moved on to whatever God has next. And right. you know, so that was like, that was like October, November ish. And then that February, two and a half, three months later is when I met Jared for the first time. And I had not heard of global city mission initiative. I didn't know Jared Looney. I did not like, I had no context. And so, so like the specifics of what GCMI is up to the specifics of my role, the specifics of of us seeing Orlando in this more multi-ethnic mission field kind of way, for me, that all came later. Like I know for you, you started looking around the city and seeing things and going like, gosh, like we, we as a church could be doing more. Right. For, for the way God worked that story in me, like we, we really just knew that what we were doing that way 
in that setting wasn't working anymore and we didn't sure. know why and we didn't know yeah. I mean, again, we didn't know what was next. And, you know, and I mean, so that was like February, I met Jared and like July of that next year, we finally like kind of worked things out and like, yep, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to start. And, you know, and then, then it was like another year before I'm fully on the team, just, you know, the nature of, of missions work and, and partner raising and all that. And so um, it, it was a long process and a long journey, but, but it right. really started it started with prayer and, and again, for me, a very uncomfortable, you know, like out of my comfort zone season of prayer of just going, God, what do you have for us? And, and what is next? And why, why does my human effort suck so much? (laughs) And could you possibly make it better? Cause like it really isn't working. (laughs) Yeah. I think you touched on that, that word, um, discomfort or, or comfort, like, I think that's the key like part of it for me it did it started with being uncomfortable uh, uncomfortableness and i've always been someone who who's believed or at least have come to believe that discomfort oftentimes is a better barometer of what god wants us to do than comfort right so we're always our human nature is do what makes you feel comfortable yeah what makes Um, you feel happy what what brings you joy right yeah all that stuff but sometimes yeah. I think with the Lord, it's like, well, what makes me feel uncomfortable? What's gonna What's gonna be uncomfortable? And oftentimes, um, stepping into those uncomfortable places, that's when we get to see sort of like, oh, okay, this is where God shows up, you know. So, yeah. uh, put us put us today. Where Where are we at today? Where What you doing today? What's it look like today? Um, kind of what's, what, what do you think is next for, for Orlando? Let's, let's kind of hear about Chris today and, and Orlando today. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Chris today in Orlando, um, I'd say, I'd say some of the day to day probably looks a lot like it did before. Um, and, and part of that is my role with GCMI. Like I'm, I'm doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I'm doing a lot of, you know, administrative stuff. And so, you know, sitting in the office doing stuff for GCMI or sitting in the office doing stuff for a church is, is kind of some of the same work. Um, but, but the, the perspective as Mm. I go out into the city, um, the perspective as, as, as I bump into people and I look at my network, um, like my network, like I, I've always been one of those guys that's, you know, reaching out to other, other churches, reaching out to businesses, like trying to build a little bit of a network, you know, my network definitely leaned towards mostly either church leaders or like Christian business owners mm-hmm. and, and probably mostly, if not completely, but definitely mostly white and as I look around at the people that I'm bumping into now, the people I'm connecting with now, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more diversity there. You know, I, I mean, it, it still probably leans, you know, again, just my role at the church, it probably leans, you know, over majority as, you know, some sort of either a Christian business owner or, or a church leader or ministry leader somewhere, but, but it's definitely not, white. It's definitely not 
everybody who's, you know, quote from here. Um, it's definitely starting to dip its toes cross-culturally. And, um, and the way I approach even like where to go and what to do, um, you know, I, um, and I, and I do this when I travel too, like it, it's, it's looking for those hidden gems that are off the beaten path, not just for the sake of like, I, I used to do that for the sake of like, man, I really want some good tacos. Like, wouldn't it be great to get some good tacos? I, I, Uh I remember landing in Chicago for a conference and, um, you know, I, I was there early conference wasn't started yet. The rest of the group that I was with hadn't, hadn't arrived yet. So I just, you know, jumped in the rental car and I went and found this great taco place. And I found this hole in the wall place, um, uh, in Naperville, Illinois, like, you know, out, out, out off the beaten path, um, the hole in wall place. I was literally the only white guy in the restaurant, but that's not why I went there. Like I almost saw it as like, man, it was cool. Like I, I knew it was good Mexican food because other Mexicans were there. Right. Yeah. But, but it was, it was back to what we were talking about earlier. Like the fact that they were Mexican, the f- like they, they were just invisible people there to serve me. <laughs> like it wasn't, right. yeah. it wasn't like an engagement with who they were. And so, you know, so now I find myself looking for those hidden gems, not because the tacos are going to be better. Although honestly, they probably will be better, right. but because those people live here. And, mm-hmm. and so if I've got a meeting on the other side of town, you know, instead of meeting at the Panera or meeting at the Starbucks, like, you know, where's the local halal place that like we can get some killer yeah. shawarma, but yeah. let's see what the culture here looks like. Is this a halal place that's like catering to, to white people that want to spend money on, you know, on euros, or is this a halal place that's like, they're there because they're serving, you know, a they're serving their community. Right. And, um, you know, um, it's it and i've i've discovered like halal food in particular it's it's sometimes hard to tell from the name mm-hmm. like there's a very hipster branded place up in altamont that like based on the name and the logo i would have expected them to be like white people serving you know halal food and um that place is 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 local um i mean they, they actually have a prayer room in the back like a muslim prayer room in the back mm-hmm. like Right. They're, they're there to serve a community yeah. that uh, as a mission, we want to figure out like, what does that look like and how do we, how do we engage and how do we get involved? And, um, and again, honestly, two years ago, three years ago, I, I would have gone there because they've got killer shawarma and that's all I need. And, yeah. um, you know, now I'm walking in and going, okay, I don't, I don't know what I can do with this. Cause it's kind of the other side of town but I'm going to, I'm going to file this away in the back of my mind. And, I, and I've been there three or four times and, you know, I'm not up there a lot, but when I am, I try to pop in and, you know, say hello. Yeah. And, um, and, and then who knows, like, you know, like, does that turn into something? Does that become a, you know, a, a spiritual opportunity to, to have a conversation that's deeper than man, you've got really good food. And, yeah. um, well, and I, that's true. Like, looking for these places that are just different um and and seeing them not as the the restaurant but as the mission opportunity yeah you know i i remember people at my last church um we had a ton of mexican places too and everyone was like 
well, this is my favorite one. And this is my favorite one. And I remember in a sermon mentioning that I had went one, I was in a kind of a gospel conversation with some of the waiters and the person walked up and she's like, I don't really like that restaurant. Why would you want to go to that restaurant? It's not good. The other one is better. I'm like, I'm here because those people will talk to me. I, right. I, I don't care about the food. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't go there because I like the food. I went there because these guys stopped and I got into a gospel conversation. And so I go back there because right. these guys will talk to me. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it really is funny because when I look back on kind of like my, my ministry experience, I would go to coffee shops because the barista would have, you know, good conversation with me and, and they didn't always turn into spiritual conversations, but I, but I would, I would go there because of that. And, and somehow I, I never had that same thought walking into a Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had that same thought walking into, you know, a, a Euro shop or a, you know, halal restaurant. Like there, there was something about, like, it made sense walking into, um, walking into a coffee shop. It made sense. You know, I, I, I remember when, when I lived in Newport Ritchie, there was a, a sub shop there on the corner. Well, you're, you live there. That's where yeah. I know you from, right? Like great right. subs and more right there on the corner. By, subs and more. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if, I, I don't know if that's even still there, but like, I, I still have dreams it. about it. It was so good. It's not. I, <laughs> it's last not. time I was in, no, last time I was there uh, a year ago, I think it's gone now. Dang it. Now I'm sad. But anyways, yeah, no. there was, there was a particular kid that worked behind the counter and like, yeah. man, I, I, I blew so much money there just to have conversations with him. Yeah. And And like, so like that whole idea of like using your everyday life as opportunity to have spiritual conversations with people like that was so natural and ingrained, but I literally can't think of one time I ever did that cross-culturally. And, Mm -hmm. and it's not because like, I didn't care about people from other cultures. It's just, there was something about the way we live our lives in the U S that, that we see our people and we see our team and we see our community and we live in that little bubble yep. and, and we don't even notice that, you know, these other people are there. Um, man, I, yeah, it feels like such a waste, you know, yeah, looking know. back at all those years, but, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's us in Orlando now. Like I don't, yeah. We're, we're still busy, you know, doing a lot of the behind the scenes work. And so we're still, you know, like, it's real easy to just get into that, that rhythm and routine of like, I'm, I'm doing good work for the kingdom. Um, but I know when we leave the house, we, we see the city in a whole new light. And, right. you know, we've, we've really begun kind of praying about that next, that next wave of, you know, what, what could Orlando look like if instead of this just happens to be the place where our admin admin team is like, what could Orlando look like if, if, you know, ourselves, but also GCMI as a whole started really looking at, you know, mm-hmm. seeing the kingdom grow here. And so, you know, we, we've got the first kind of steps of that with, um, you know, we, we, we've hired an admin here in, in 2022 and, you know, lives here in Orlando and, you know, um, beginning to see what, what having her on the team is going to impact what we're doing. And then, and then, you know, by the time this episode comes out, we'll actually have, you know, our second 
uh, mission mobilizer on the GCMI team is actually yep. joining us here part-time in Orlando. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah, Emily will be, be starting yeah, yeah. here, yeah. you know, in the next couple of weeks. And, and she'd, so she'd be fun on this. I can't wait to bring her on. She would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, I think there's something you touched on there that before we kind of bring this sort of land the plane here is you are doing administrative work, but at the same time, you're seeing your city from a different perspective. I'm you know, neither one of us are really missionaries per se in, in the sense of that's our, our role. On right. the team, yeah. In our but language, right. The, it'd be mission catalysts. Like we're not mission right, catalysts. Yeah, right. That's not our mission primary catalysts. role, our primary job. Right. But yet there's still, but yet we still do it. You know, I'm like we can, and I think that's another thing too, for people. It's like, you don't have to be a full-time catalyst to be missional or to, to see your city this way. You can be a teacher. You can be a this or that too. Yeah. So it's not, it's, um, it's not just a matter of, oh, well, these guys, they're, you know, they're missionaries or mission catalysts and therefore right. they're seeing their city this way. No, this is a, it doesn't matter. I mean, vocationally, you, you can right. do other things. It's a, it's really about changing your lifestyle to really embody the great commission. Yeah, no, I, and I, I think this is, um, th this is a reminder to me as much as it is a, a challenge to somebody else, mm -hmm. but, but in my administrative role, in my behind the scenes role, it's really easy to make the excuse that, you know, I, it's not my job. I don't have to do mm -hmm. that. And and I know working in a church, you know, um, I, I I found myself doing the same thing. The busyness of working mm -hmm. in the church, the 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 weight of discipling people on my team, the weight of leading a small group, and you know all the different hats you wear when you're working in a church. Yeah. Um, you know, it it was really easy to run out to lunch, to run out to coffee with the sole agenda of, I just need to eat, or I just need to have this meeting. Mm -hmm. And, and again, just see the people behind the counter as, you know, the invisible cogs in the system. And, you know, were, were they like me? Were they, you know, different? Were they international? Were they, you know, like I, I, did, I might, might not have even noticed because I was mm -hmm. busy doing my thing, you know, and, and I, I think we do that, you know, again, whether you're the teacher going, well, I'm just a teacher or whether you're, you know, the, you know, the restaurant worker going, well, you know, I'm the guy at the restaurant, you know, yeah. I, I think we all do that, whatever our role is. And it really isn't as hard or as complicated as we sometimes make it out to be to just yeah. to open our eyes, see the person across the counter, realize that, that, that Jesus loves them. And how can mm -hmm. I be light to them today, you know, and just right. yeah. have a conversation. Yeah. So uh, before we close today, is there anything else, uh, anything that we missed, anything that you want to make sure that we, that we say, or you, you want to get all, you want to express? Yeah. I, I mean, I, again, like that challenge, not to, to forget that, that just because it's not our job, but I think the other piece is, is literally, you, you got to just open your eyes. Like this isn't yeah. going to happen by accident. I'm, 
I'm very intentional. Like I'm, I'm still semi-selfish. Like there's particular food groups I like, and therefore that's what I search for. Cause that's what I want to eat. But I'm, but I'm also very intentional. I pull up Yelp, I pull up Google, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, whether, whether it's me driving across the city to another part of town for a meeting or whether it's visiting a new city when I'm traveling, I I'm very intentional to go. I'm not going to bump into people by accident. So how am I going to bump into people on purpose? And, yeah. you know, and then once you find that place, like become a regular, you know, there's yeah. a, there's a Lebanese place down the road that, um, you know, budget says I don't eat there as often as I'd like, but, <laughs> but mission mission says I eat there, you know, probably about once a month. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm regular enough that a couple of the guys will recognize me. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm having conversations with those guys when I'm, when I'm popping in. And, um, you know, when I go there during particular times of year, when, you know, there's various Muslim holidays, those guys are usually fasting and praying during those times and working around food while they're doing it. And mm-hmm. their regular client base isn't coming in because they're also Muslim. And so they're fasting and praying. And so, you know, I try to go extra during some of those times of years just to make sure that, you know, we're, yeah, they, we're supporting local businesses and, and, um, you know, I mean, full disclosure, I, I haven't seen any like, oh my gosh, that's a great spiritual conversation, but, but I'm not going to have the opportunity to have that spiritual conversation if I'm not there and if I'm not sure. being intentional. And so I think that's the thing is like, we're not going to, we're not going to just, you know, wake up one morning and suddenly realize that the mission field is all around us. Um, yeah, you, you got to start intentionally. Yeah. But, but we, yeah, we have to tell ourselves the mission yeah. field is all around us so that we can be intentional and, um, and then, and then look around and see like, is it, is it literally down the street? Is it around the corner or do you have to drive a few minutes and be in a slightly different part of, of your city to, to find a pocket that, you know, gosh, there's, there's just, the world is, the world is in our backyard. Yeah. One of the things I've done recently is I've, I've started going to two, instead of going to like great clips to get my haircut, which is what I was doing beforehand. I started going into a Dominican barbershop, um, on purpose. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw a bunch of, um, Hispanic and Latino guys sitting in the window and I thought that's where I'm going to go. So, uh, for the last couple of months, I've been going in there, get my haircut. Um, and <clears throat> had a couple of conversations with the guy that's been cutting my hair. Uh, so, I mean, it's a matter of that, like some of those little things, is it a, is it a place where we go get our car tuned up? You know, yeah. is it a, you know, is it, is it a restaurant? Is it a coffee shop? Is it a place where we get our hair cut? Is it, you know, a market even, um, you know, a bakery, you know, finding those intentional different spaces where those people are, um, and just saying, because it, it, sometimes it, it, it is that it's like it t- it's intentionally just sort of changing the routine a little bit so that I'm going to this place instead of somewhere else, maybe. Yeah. And and that's how you start to engage like that. Absolutely. So that is going to do it for this week's episode of the GCMI podcast. Chris and I want to thank you again for joining us. And we want to thank you uh, and hope that you're with us again next week. If you haven't already subscribe to the podcast, we hope you do so. Um, you can always go to globalcitymission.org backslash podcast for all of our uh, content as well as all existing uh, 
content that we've had uh, previously. And uh, be on the lookout every Wednesday for new posts. We've got a lot of great episodes coming in the future. And so we can't wait to share them with you. Uh, again, this is Joey and me and Chris are signing off. See you later. Bye.